0: You are now listening to the Legends Lingo Podcast, presented by
1: StudentUnionSports.com. Here are your hosts, Al and Powder. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Legends Lingo Podcast, episode 222. It's always presented by StudentUnionSports.com. Make sure to check out everything going on at StudentUnionSports.com with all the daily blogs. The podcast, our boy Andrew Diaz is killing it on there with his movie reviews. You have the Chasers boys that are trying to get you some free money. You have the Yellow Card Podcast boys giving you all the best picks in soccer and soccer transactions and everything else. Is it Saturday yet? You know the deal by now. Make sure to go check out everything on the website. Alan Nahegan here. Tom Powder Cadmus here. We have a guest on with us tonight. Yes, we if you're do. A, if you're a big fan of the baseball community, You've probably heard this name with his witty one-liners and, that you know, every now and again calling a sweep for the Boston Red Sox. It is Jake Yazzie, who is the producer of the Baseball is Dead podcast and Name Redacted podcast presented by DraftKings. You may also know that as the podcast with Jared Karabas and a bunch of other characters on both podcasts. But we got producer Jake here. Jake, it's a pleasure to have you. How are you?
2: Appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, that was that was a good intro. You might have heard me uh take a sweep or two in my day. But um, yeah, no, excited to be here and uh thanks for having me on.
1: No, for sure. We're definitely happy to have you on. We have now had Powder, correct me if I'm wrong. I think we've had three fourths of the name redacted pot on. Yeah. We now have had Tyler? Yeah, we still need Tyler. Tyler's awesome. the one that we haven't had yet. So yeah. we've had Jared, we've had um, we've had Pete. Obviously now we have you so now we got to we just got to find a way to get Milliken which we'll see we'll see
2: what happens classic tyler not showing up <laughs>
1: <laughs> 3 minutes into the podcast and we got Jake uh roasting tyler and don't worry we're going to ask you all about that as the time goes along <laughs> but a lot to talk about tonight the Celtics are off to the Eastern Conference Finals to take on the Miami Heat after beating the Philadelphia 76ers in 7 games Jake's on with us tonight so we have to talk some Red Sox and just everything that's going on there We'll mix in the Patriots note at the end. No Bruins this week because, well, the Bruins suck and they just, you know, lost in the first round and they can't get out of their own way. So there's nothing really going on there. But before all that, let's get to know our guests a little bit. So, Jake, tell us a little bit about you, who you are, what you do and kind of how you got into the role that you got into. Could you have a really interesting story about how you got to be the producer of two pretty big podcasts in the baseball community? So we definitely want to hear that for a little bit if that's okay.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, for people that don't know, before we started recording here, these guys were throwing at me like, oh, yeah, I went to the same high school you went to, Powder knew who my best friend is, basically, so that was crazy background to (laughs) even start, but um, (laughs) yeah, no, I I started uh, freelance videography for myself after I uh, left college. I went to BU, Um, I did music videos and basically like, different projects, commercials, advertisements for like whoever was looking for work. And then when Steve left Section 10, I actually was working with somebody who was uh, close with Coley. So I was like, obviously, it would be a good role for me. I know the podcast really well. I'm a huge Red Sox fan from Boston, Like have all the uh, production abilities to be able to get the job done. So they hooked me up with Coley, and Coley is the one that got me in the door um, at Section 10. That's when I obviously uh, met Jared and Jared made the switch to DraftKings like a couple months into me starting and he asked me to come with him and obviously I did and yeah that's where that's how I got to this point
1: so you're doing two different kind of podcasts right you're doing just a Red Sox centric one and then you're doing an all MLB one powder and i are big fans of both powder, more of the baseball is dead guy. I'm more of the name redacted guy, just because obviously just like you, we have full-time jobs, you know, we're, we get the chance to listen to podcasts every now and again, but what would you say if you had to describe both podcasts and kind of like one sentence each, what would be the big difference between baseball is dead and name redacted besides the obvious of like, Oh, baseball is dead is all MLB and name redacted is just red Sox. How do the two kind of differ from themselves? If that makes sense.
2: Right. Um, well, yeah, you obviously have national versus versus Red Sox specific, which is the main difference um, in terms of like cadence and the style of the show, like baseball is dead is very segmented where we're looking at like the viral moments, like the big stories that happen at from the weekend or from the night before, depending when we're recording um, and name redacted is sort of like more free flow conversation, like shoot the shit, like just talk about the Red Sox and everything that happened. Um But I I would say both of them have a pretty similar sense of humor where, like, although we're super serious about covering the team and being entertaining, like, we like to fuck around and we like to, you know, let loose. And we're kind of just talking about baseball as how you would with your buddies and stuff like that. So if you're looking for any sort of, like, baseball coverage that's not, you know, mainstream and you don't see it, like, on these TV networks or whatever, like, we're definitely a good place to come to like, casual coverage of, of the sport, but you also definitely laugh while you're listening to.
1: For sure. I love that. Powder, do you have a question you want to throw at you?
0: <clears throat> yeah, kind of like a two-parter um, more about, because I'm a big baseball's dead guy. We've had Dallas on. I think he's one of our most recurring guests. Um, What's the, was it like to be in a podcast with Derek, Get- while wow, I can't even talk right <laughs> <laughs> Dallas and Jared, and then now that Jay Hayes back, How's that different? How did that change the mix up with Jay back?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I've always listened to Jared and Dallas uh, since the starting nine days and I was familiar with them before I started producing, but obviously being on the show is a lot different. Um Dallas is just crazy, man. Like he's uh his passion for the sport is like unlike anyone I've ever talked to before. And um he obviously brings the player perspective, which is a huge perspective to bring for a podcast. Um and I mean, I think the first time I started a pod or did the first episode with him, like he just opened his computer like he was already smoking weed, which is just <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> it encaps- encapsulates Dallas uh perfectly. But um yeah, in terms of jay Hay coming back, it's just an awesome addition of the podcast. Like he obviously Hey Nugs are a huge part of the podcast. He dives deep into different statistics and you know everything and he he brings a sense of like okay we'll talk back and forth about what we think about a certain thing but when he comes in and he just drops his nugs it's like having legit data to back it up not not Mm -hmm. to say that jared and dallas don't do that but the depths that he goes is uh unlike anybody else and he's also just another great baseball mind so adding him into the mix definitely is uh is great for the pod
1: Love that. So switching gears to name redacted, obviously it's a little bit of a different crew. You have Jared, who's obviously the constant of the two podcasts. You have Tyler that's become kind of like a a shooting star in Red Sox kind of news and just like social media, just kind of presence. Pete Blackburn that's in and out because of hockey season, everything. And you had Pat light at one point who now is pursuing his business ventures. What's kind of the dynamic and what would you say is kind of different about name redacted and sort of that chemistry and the second part that i want to throw on there is how much of the hate on tyler Milliken is really real because before we recorded you or actually not even before we recorded the beginning you you took your shot at tyler like three minutes in so there's uh there's something there but just elaborate on that for us a little bit
2: yeah no i mean it's all love with tyler like it wouldn't be funny if uh he wasn't down with the joke or whatever um True. it's like you like to shit on him like you like to shit on your best friend um so it's like It's sort of that vibe, and um, I know he he finds it funny. Finds it funny, and so does everyone else. So that's why it works. Um, So love Tyler, Uh, great guy. But in terms of the dynamic for name redacted, um, I I, it's cool because like depending on who's on the show, you kind of get a different dynamic for each episode. So like if it's just Jared and Tyler, you know you're getting like mostly just Red Sox. Tyler's going to bring up a million different statistics and make your head spin, but it's like a really cool version of the show that I think they didn't have before Tyler came on. Um, But when Pete comes in, you know, he adds that comedic relief and he, his, his knowledge and understanding of the Red Sox is sort of like more of an average fan, I would say. And I think that's also a cool perspective to bring versus us who are watching every single game and completely locked in. Um, So I think it's cool to have that sometimes. And then obviously when we have Coley, he's just hilarious and, knows everything about the Red Sox through the minors and, and all that. So he's he's just like every time we have Coley on, it's like having a gigantic like celebrity guest in in my mind. I'm like, oh it's a Coley episode. Like this is huge. Um so a- anytime we can get him on it it's great. Um and Pat, yeah, I mean you got business Pat. He's he's doing his thing. Um <laughs> I, I think if that. he if the Red Sox keep winning games and they're in the playoffs and in the mix towards the end of the year, I, I would say you'll see more baseball Pat on Twitter. Cause I think he likes to, to get in when it's fashionable. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, still keep in touch with Pat. He's actually in the group chat for the podcast. So he <laughs> gets
1: <laughs> that's <hilarious. laughs>
2: every text. Yeah. Which is pretty funny. He'll he'll ra- rarely respond unless we call him out directly, but uh, no, I mean, yeah, that's basically the vibe of name redacted right now.
1: I absolutely love that. And with with Business Pat, we were fortunate enough to have Pat on one of our episodes for the for Legends Lingo podcast. First question we asked him, can you confirm your Mike Trout's daddy? And right away he smiled and said, Yep, I can confirm that I am Mike <laughs> Trout's daddy after striking about it in like a 19 to three game. But no, Pat's Pat's got some good moments. I mean, you just have a good like crew of characters, man, and it's just it, it's a good time. So one thing that I wanted to make sure that I asked you while we had you. You have become so famous with this, you specifically, that you have your own section on DraftKings for this. The calling of the sweeps for the Red Sox all the time. How did that start? Because, and I know it's like, yeah, I called the sweep and it's gone on, but like how did it just become like so popular to where people are begging to hear you call a sweep for every series that you you covered?
2: Yeah, it honestly came about pretty naturally, I guess, like – I'm pretty sure the first episode I ever did when Jared kicked it to predictions, I just picked sweep. Um, It's like, I don't know, like I'm not really trying to be anyone that I'm not like, I'm just a Red Sox fan and I want them to win every game. So like, I feel like it would be disingenuous for me to be like, oh, I think they're going to win one out of three or take two out of three. It's like, I'm just sitting there on the couch every night and flipping the game on and hoping they win. So I might as well just root for it. Um, And obviously, I don't think they're going to 162 every year, but uh my predictions would would say that I do. So um I yeah, I'm just rooting for the Red Sox to win. And it's kind of just like a genuine love for the team that 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 started
0: from, I I would say.
1: I absolutely love that. That's incredible. Powder, do you have another question for Jake before we kind of get into the actual Boston sports talk?
0: No, that's kinda it because it's kind of the same thing along those lines is every prediction they do for baseball is dead, like all their awards just Red Sox, like Devers, MVP, core manager of the year. And then even I know this week you had a pick for the parlay, but I know last week because the Red Sox were off, you just didn't even say a pick for the parlay.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone wants me to say, oh, I got the Marlins money line tonight. Like I like I could pick that, whatever, but like I'm not really trying to break the game down like that. I'm obviously just a Red Sox fan, so I'm going yeah. to pick the Red Sox whenever I can. Oh, of course.
1: I think you picked – what did you pick for probably this week? Red Sox to win first three innings, I think? That was your yeah. pick?
2: Yeah, which actually, even though we got blown out, was that pushed. Um yeah. My reasoning was because Tanner Houck uh, is nails for the first time through the lineup and is bad the second and third time, Um, and that's literally what happened. But the Red Sox just didn't score any runs, but got the push at least.
1: Right. It was literally right on cue. That's good thinking because – I think hitters are hitting, like, below 200 against Tanner Houck the first time through the lineup, and then in the 300s, the second and third time. And we'll talk more about that as the show goes on. But, um, Jake, do you want to ask us a question real quick before we kind of get into uh, the Boston sports talk, and you can, you know, give us your your Jake's takes?
2: Yeah, um, I don't – I know we're not going to talk much about the Bruins, but what was your guys' reaction to losing in the first round after literally being the best team of all time in the regular season? Wow.
1: Uh, Want me to take the reins, powder? Yeah, you can get it. All right. So in the moment, you're like, wow, they really they really blew it and it was all for nothing. But it was almost kind of expected, right? Because they had such a dominant regular season and they're known to choke in the playoffs. They've won what one cup in, you know, 13, 14 years, and they've gone to the cup like three times and were close other times. I mean, they're they're chokers. Like I'm sorry, but they are genuine chokers. So I mean just it was so fitting you're up three to one you can't close it out at home you lose game six in florida even when you score five goals and then you lose an overtime game seven it, it's like it was scripted like i know the joke is oh, like the nba scripted but that was that literally could have been scripted like matthew kachuk scores in overtime sends the bruins home like yeah i'm, I'm good with that
2: yeah i mean i was i was saying to one of my buddies basically it's like I've never been so angry at a team for losing. Like, usually when you lose in the playoffs, you're just, like, heartbroken. You're like, that fucking sucks. Like, I just don't want to wait all this time to see them play again. But, like, this this time I was, like, actually mad at the team. I was like, what right. the fuck? Like, why? Yeah. how could you do that to us? So, um, I mean, obviously they've choked in the past, but, like, this is just the icing on the cake. And that's, yeah, that's the extent of my uh, thoughts on the Bruins, I would say. It's like,
0: what the hell, guys? <laughs>
1: yeah. No, it's it's a good thought. Powder, you got anything to add before we kind of go on?
0: No, just kind of what you said. Obviously, in the moment, I was like just pissed and wished that they played better, wished different decisions were made. But like you said, looking back at kind of looking back at the history of this core, yeah, they had the one, but they had so many chances to win more, and they just never did. So, kind of at the end of the day, doesn't surprise me.
1: Very, very true. Actually, I have one more really quick question for you, Jake. And then I promise we can get into the Boston Sports Talk. There's a lot of times on Name Redacted where Jared and Tyler will go back and forth. Tyler will look to you and say, Jake, back me up here. And you're always on Jared's side, which is great. It's funny. It's very, very funny. Are there ever some times when those come up where in the back of your mind, you're like, you know what? Tyler was right about this, but I'm going to go along with it for the bit. Was there ever a time where you were like, I wish I could defend you, Tyler, but no, I'm not going to do it.
2: I mean, honestly, I do, I do genuinely agree with Jared on like almost everything. Like I, I, like, I feel like we kind of think similarly about certain things and especially when it comes to like non-baseball, just like aspects of life. Like Tyler is just always wrong about like everything that has to do with just like normal social interactions or just like anything. So like if I'm, if it's a question is going to be thrown up, like, oh, does, is Jared right or Tyler right about this certain thing? Like, it's always going to be. Jared usually so that honestly is pretty genuine um i don't know why he keeps uh asking me to take his side because he knows it's never going to work out but he keeps <laughs> doing it anyway so it's just tyler
1: so it's always going to be jared no matter what
2: i mean if there really was a situation where i'm like tyler's a thousand percent right about this but it just doesn't ever happen so i <laughs> just gotta <laughs> keep, keep sticking with jared when he's right
1: that's fair It's yep. very fair Oh, man, we're talking with Jake Yazzie of DraftKings, producer of the Baseball is Dead and Name Redacted podcasts on the network. Let's get into some Boston sports, though. What do you say, Jake? Let's do it. All right. Let's get the Celtics out of the way, because I know, Jake, you're more of a Red Sox guy, and we'll talk a lot of Red Sox this episode. We're looking forward to it. Celtics take care of business. Game six and seven against the Philadelphia 76ers. Jason Tatum, 51 points in game seven. Struggled mightily in Game Six, but kind of picked it up in the fourth quarter. Ended up with like 19 points, I think. 12 of them or 14 of them were in the fourth quarter. Hit like three or four threes, give the Celtics a nine-point victory on the road in Game Six. Now we're gonna move forward because because Philly's a joke. Can we just all agree Philly's a joke? Yep, I'm you not know, a real team. Correct, not a real team. Exactly. See the one-liners, Jake. They're perfect. Not a real team. They're really not. They fired Doc Rivers today, so as we're recording on Tuesday, May 16th, about 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Doc Rivers is looking for a new job, which we all kind of expected. But now we go into this Miami series. I look at it this way, gentlemen. The Celtics are much better than they were last year. Malcolm Brogdon's here. Derek White, thousand times better than last year. You have – the offense is so much better than last year. The defense is still, like, top five, you know, in the league. And also for the – excuse me, for the Heat, no P.J. Tucker because he's part of the non-franchise that is the Philadelphia 76ers. T- Tyler Harrow's out for the rest of the year. I think Depot might be out, and Jimmy Butler's a little banged up. So when I look at this series realistically, I think realistically it should be Celtics in five. But if I were to make a prediction and I had to put money on it, on DraftKings or any other so – probably DraftKings because I, like, I love DraftKings genuinely more than any other uh, app. I would probably go Celtics in six just to be safe because you know how the Celtics are. And Jimmy Butler's good. I mean, he's going to win you a game or two. He's going to get a couple high 30s, maybe even low 40s type of games because that's just who he is. But I look at this Miami team. They're not as as skilled as Philly. I think Bam is not anywhere close to Joel Embiid. So that's going to be a big benefit, especially for a guy like Rob Williams. And this Celtics team, they have the path right in front of them. They don't have to play the Bucks. You get the eight seed, so you have home court advantage. You take care of home court advantage. Maybe you have to win a game on the road, but you still can do that. There's no reason the Celtics don't take care of business. So my official prediction is Celtics in six. I want to hear from Powder, then I want to hear from Jake Powder. Just any additional insight, and then just a serious prediction.
0: Yeah, just like you kind of said, Tatum struggled first three quarters of the game, six, but the last five quarters he's been playing as, like he said, humbly one of the best players or the best player in the world.
1: That's a great line.
0: And those last five quarters shows why Celtics fans love him and want him here forever. And really shows that he wants to win a title now. Like he wants it. If you can continue that play over the next, throughout the Miami series, I think it's going to be like you said, I think it's going to be six games. Cause like you said, um, The Heat, they're scrappy. There's a reason they were able to beat the Bucs. Butler just finds a way to win games. He's clutched down the stretch. Um, But I think the Celtics, being who they are, they're going to take care of business at home. Miami might be able to steal one or two games at their home court. But I think Boston's just too good for them right now. So I'm going to agree with you and say Boston in six.
1: Okay, Celtics in six. I had a little Tyler Milliken moment right there with my internet. It was great. Loved it every second of it. I Oh, I know. I listened to the pods. I know Tyler has his internet issues. I know. He sure does. He does. All right, Jake, what do you got for us?
2: Um, Yeah, I agree with Powder. Honestly, I feel like uh, Tatum's just ready. He said it at the beginning of the season. I don't remember what the exact quote was, but it was like losing in the finals last year and just going through all that just gave them the experience that they need to be like, all right, like there's no moment that we've never seen before like we're not going to be caught in the bright lights anymore like we've been through it all um, which is crazy with how young Tatum and Jalen are that they've been in this these many situations. Um, but yeah, I, I think Tatum and poses as well in the series like the heat. Obviously, you can't look past them because of what they did to us in the bubble like last year that they took a seven. They're, they just play us well and they've been playing everyone well but At the end of the day, I think we're still in the Celtics are in a different league than the Heat. And the fact that we don't have to play the Bucs is amazing. And to not win this series would be a huge um, disappointment and letdown. And you would just lose a golden opportunity to to make it to a finals. I'm going to take the Celtics in a sweep.
1: Should have seen that one coming. Celtics <laughs> in the sweep, Celtics in four. <laughs> I, I don't know why I'm surprised. I, I should have seen that coming. I thought maybe a different sport. Maybe you'd be like, all right, Celtics in five. But no, he's going Celtics in the sweep. Sticking true to the brand. I love it, Jake. That's awesome. I absolutely yep. love it. But all right. So <laughs> I got Celtics in six. Powder's got Celtics in six. Jake has Celtics. Really? You should have said Celtics in three. That would have been, that would have been quite a line right there.
2: I could see um, him doing it in three too, but I'll, I'll stick with four.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right Celtics in four so we all agree Celtics should win go to the NBA finals take on either either the Denver Nuggets or the Los Angeles Lakers just real fast before we get into Red Sox who would you guys rather see them play in the finals if they make it to the finals the Lakers or the Nuggets entertainment wise
0: I think I feel like no matter what I think the Lakers because I think yeah the Lakers Davis is really playing really well but I just think the Nuggets are a better team. A little bit younger, so I think the Celtics playing the Lakers bring back the old rivalry. I think that's to me a better series, right, Jake.
2: Yeah, um, I think obviously all history included in the Celtics' history with LeBron and then just Celtics Lakers in general that would be an unbelievable series. Um, I think the Nuggets are probably a little bit better than the Lakers too, so um, I think we'd have a better chance to beat the Lakers, but just like pure drama entertainment wise, I think Celtics Lakers would be sick.
1: Oh, absolutely, especially for, you know, the right to have the most championships in franchise history going head to head. Totally understand that. But see, I'm going to go the opposite way of you guys. I'm going to go with the Nuggets because guess what? I don't want it to come down to if I if it's the series is tied in LeBron one game against LeBron and Anthony Davis. You know, I don't love my chances. I know it's Tatum. I know it's Brown. I know the Celtics are probably deeper, but give me the Nuggets because the Nuggets. Yeah, they have Jokic. Yeah, they have Jamal Murray. But guess what? That whole team has never been to a finals before, so it'll be brand new for them, and they'll be the Celtics of last year. They'll be the team that's never been there. Celtics will be the Warriors of last year and have the experience getting there, and then I think they can finish the job. And I think they'd actually have an easier time because they took care of Embiid in the Philly series. Yeah, he might do a little bit more than Embiid, but I think it's a similar type of player, similar type of game plan. So they've seen that before. So we'll see, though. We'll see. It's going to be, first things first, got to take care of the Eastern Conference Finals. And if Celtics sweep, I'm going to tag Jake on Twitter and say, never going to doubt you again.
2: Hell yeah. Let's do it.
1: <laughs> I love that. All right. Let's get into Jake's number one team, the Boston Red Sox. So the Red Sox have played 42 games so far this season. So they are officially a little over one quarter of a way done with the season. 22 and 20 as it stands. 1-8 straight, have lost six of their last seven. So Jake, I kind of want to open the floor to you. For the first quarter of the season, just give us your general thoughts on the Red Sox, what you're kind of seeing, what we can expect in kind of like the next quarter of the season up to the halfway point to right around the all-star break. Just overall thoughts.
2: Yeah, I think um, overall to start the season, I'm I'm happy. I'm not like super overjoyed or anything. But I think if you asked me before the season started, like 22 and 20, uh, 42 games in, like you'll probably take that considering the schedule. Um, the teams that we faced too. Obviously, there's been some major uh, ups and downs, like getting swept by the Rays was was brutal. We were at a low point there. And then all of a sudden you rattle off eight straight and you're like, holy shit, is this a playoff team? And then obviously the last four games have been tough and uh, blowing saves against the Cardinals, Kenley Jansen. Um, I would say, though, I'm still pretty optimistic because, I mean, those two games on Friday and Saturday, like Kenley's not going to blow those saves every time and hopefully the majority of the time he'll save them and uh we talked about this on the podcast I think two episodes ago but the Red Sox not blowing saves this year was a huge difference between last year's team I think um at the beginning of last year we blew more saves than anyone in baseball it wasn't even close and we were doing the math and saying oh if some of those games went our way like how different this record could have looked and that's what we saw up until this weekend um so I'm not going to completely harp on those losses and say we're back to how we were in 2022, but um, obviously it was it was tough to see that. But I think I'm still optimistic moving forward. Um, I think this team has shown a lot of fight. They have a ton of comeback wins. Um, they definitely fight more than last year's team. Um, so I think, uh, I don't know, I think rest of the season you might be a little bit surprised with uh, the team continuing to stay in playoff contention.
1: Okay. I think that's a very fair take because yeah, with the way that the playoffs are structured, Red Sox could sneak in there into a wild card spot into the kind of like that succeed. I could see them doing that. But one thing that I want to talk about is kind of just the overall complexion right now of the of the bullpen. Because there's a lot of moving pieces that have been going on. Ryan Brazier DFA'd finally, thank God. I, I know some people are are not happy about it, but guess what? He wasn't producing. He needed a, a fresh start. He needed a fresh start. Pack his bags, send him elsewhere. Watch him sign with like the Rays or the Yankees or something and then just absolutely shove against you in the ALEs. You, you know that's just probably going to happen. But <clears throat> you have that. John Schreiber now is looking like he's going to be out for about three months. That's uh, That's a little bit of disappointing news to get a couple hours before the recording. So, yeah, not great there. Do you guys have any concerns about this bullpen moving forward? The pieces are in place. Guys are getting injured. Guys are coming up and down. Jake, I'll kind of start with you and then go to powder. Should there be any reason of concern for this bullpen, or should we just kind of all relax a little bit?
2: I think you just got a lot of play out, you know. Um, Like you said, the pieces are there, and you never know what's going to happen with injuries or how guys are going to perform. But, I mean, you got a couple guys coming back. Whitlock will be back soon. Joely Rodriguez was activated the other day. Who, by the way, he's gonna probably lead the clubhouse in vibes. That guy's super vocal, and you even saw it on the broadcast last night. They cut to him in the bullpen a little bit, and he was just like going crazy. And it was we were getting blown out. So huge vibe yeah, guy, huge. yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, as far as the other guys, I mean, Pivetta's starting tonight. You'll, I mean, you're probably gonna see him go to the bullpen, um, despite his uh, wishes to stay in the rotation. Unfortunately, he's definitely getting sent back. Um, oh yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think they they still have a strong bullpen. Right now, it looks vulnerable because of Schreiber going down and Jansen not being performing as he has for the, the whole season up until that point. Um, but I wouldn't panic yet. I mean, the guys are in place, and you just got to let it play out and see what happens. Right,
0: Yeah, I kind of have to agree, Jake, where you have to see how it plays out because the one thing is is if – as the season goes on, if the bullpen usage is high, that's one thing that concerns me with this bullpen is they are good and they're deep. But I think if you use them a lot early in the season, we're going to see, especially with the guy like Jansen, who's on the older side and he has like, obviously he's one of seven players now to have 400 saves and he deserves, it. he's looking really good, but you don't know how long he's going to be able to sustain it. Um, for if he's going to be able to do the whole season, if they rely on him consistently to be like a 40-save guy. But I think if the Red Sox can mix in some new guys and work with that, like I know Dallas says a lot, use a AAA roster as that extended bullpen, send some guys up and move guys around to keep guys fresh, then I think this bullpen and this pitching staff will be good for the whole year. But making sure the usage rate isn't super high where they're getting worn out come September when – I do think this Red Sox will be in a position to contend for one of the lower seeds in the wild card, but still. But like I said, the usage rate's high. That's going to affect that in September where they're vying for that last playoff spot.
1: Okay, and you know what? I can kind of see both the points that you guys made. And one thing that I want to bring up real quick, the Nick Pavetta comment that Jake made, did you guys have, feel any kind of way about just kind of Pavetta's comments in general, Jake, I know you guys talked about it on name redacted where you guys were kind of like, dude, you're being a baby. And I kind of agree with that. Did you have any like additional thoughts on just Nick Pavetta and his whole outlook on potentially going to the bullpen?
2: Yeah. I mean, he's pouting, right? Like it's the, the old saying, don't pout, figure it out. Um, (laughs) I think uh, it's just like there the 2023 Red Sox vibes have been way up. It started in spring training. Like you can feel a difference in the clubhouse atmosphere. I think even, From a fan perspective like it's pretty obvious um the comments jaron jaron duran made like all that points to everyone having just a better time overall and pavetta just like really tried to take a step back there with those like it was such an easy thing to say the question was basically like do you see your next few starts as an audition to stay in the starting role and for him to act like there's no chance that he's going to be put in the in the bullpen or Even like to say anything other than I want to do what's best for the team is like, dude, you're kind of alienating yourself as like, everyone's going to be pissed at you. I Like, I don't think anyone else would really have something like selfish to say like that. And it's just, you know, I mean, I'm not going to like absolutely kill him for it. Like he might have just spoke out a turn and then like regretted it later. But Tyler pointed out like he, he had a similar instance in Philly when they asked him to go to the bullpen and he didn't want to do that either. So he has history of, you know, wanting to stay in the starting rotation, but at the end of the day, I just would have liked to see him um, say, I'll do what's best for the team. And that's definitely not what he said.
1: Me, don't pop figure it out. Where'd you get that one?
2: Uh, just came to me one day, I think.
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You didn't, you didn't get it from a, a certain member of a certain podcast or anything like that.
2: Uh, I think it's a pretty old adage that people use, so um, I think it's kind of been floating around. Everyone can use it for themselves.
1: <laughs> good answer. <laughs> Fair enough. That's a good answer. I like that. No, because I know I heard you guys say it a bunch of times, so that's great. Don't pout, figure it out. But it's true, right? It to to that extent, it is very true. Don't pout, like figure out your stuff because guess what, your ERA is up. You give up hard hit contact, like. I I, th- I think powder you and I agree we're more like old school baseball guys we're not yeah. like this new analytical and no indirect shot to Tyler like Tyler knows his knows his shit like don't get me wrong but like we're, we're old school baseball guys would you say you're more of an old school or a new school or kind of like right in the middle
2: um I would say I'm I'm probably in the middle honestly Tyler jumping on the pod has like enlightened me to a lot more advanced statistics and stuff and it's super interesting and it's cool to like build your takes and arguments around that and use it as evidence but I'd, yeah, I'd put myself in the middle.
1: Okay. No, that's fair because it's just like, it's the eye test, right? Like w- with some people, I know that sounds so cliche, but you can see a lot. Like if you're just watching the game and kind of following along, like, yeah, all these BABIP and, and Phipps and everything else, like, yeah, cool. But like, watch the game and just watch the approaches. Watch the way that these players approach the game. Watch the way that the Red Sox just approached the game of baseball this year. Because it seems like with the Red Sox this year, especially offensively, they're not trying to hit home runs. You know, they're trying to get on base, knock in runs, try to steal the occasional bases that they can, and just get guys on and knock them in, which is fine. Like, I think they lead the MLB in doubles right now, which is great. Like, you're getting extra base hits, and that's fine. Get guys in scoring position, get them in. And then with the with the overall pitching, just get quality starts from guys like Chris Sale and Brian Bayo. Get a great start from James and His first start as a Red Sox in two years. And then you, you got to figure out the rest. And if Nick Pavetta has to go to the bullpen, then, you know, tough shit. Like, go to the bullpen, excel in the bullpen, and give Alex Core a reason to put you back in the rotation. I mean, I, I don't see, you know, I don't see any other way to think about it. I just, I, I don't genuinely get why Nick Pavetta has this this attitude. Maybe because Chris Cotillo was the one that asked the question. I don't know. Maybe he has something against Cotillo. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. But – Put it this way. Do we see this Red Sox team more as the team that won eight straight and like that's who they can be? Do we see them as this team that's okay? They've lost six and seven. This is who they genuinely are. They just are. So, as I say all the time, consistently inconsistent. Or are we going to see somewhere in the middle like we're going to see, you know, they're going to take some series. They're going to you know, drop a couple in a row. Like where do we see this Red Sox team going forward right now? I'll kind of open up the floor. Either one of you guys wants to answer, feel free. It's an open floor.
2: Yeah, I don't think they're as bad as they're playing right now. And I don't think they're as good as that eight game winning streak. I think they're somewhere in the middle, maybe towards the winning streak a little bit more. Like I like I said before, like they fight, they have the most comebacks in the MLB. Like they are definitely a team that's gonna win games that you expect them not to. And the games that we lost recently, like that, it's it's a super long season. That was the title of our last episode, long season. Um, you're gonna win games that you're not s- supposed to win, you're gonna lose games that you're supposed to win. And like I feel like baseball is just like that. It figures itself out over the course of a 162 game season. Um, so I'm I'm not gonna completely say that they suck and I'm not gonna say that they're unbelievable. I I think I think they're gonna surprise people and I think they're gonna be like you said with the expanded playoffs like it's easier to make the playoffs i think by the time we get to the end of the season they're going to be in contention for one of those last few spots for sure
1: okay Potter.
0: yeah i definitely agree i think they're like jake just said closer to that winning streak but they're not like obviously one of the top teams in the whole league but they're not going to be a team that loses 10 straight then wins two then loses 10 straight like they're going to be a team that's vying for this fifth and sixth wild card spots that's that all of a sudden, you'll see them up at in third in the AL East every once in a while, but then back down to fourth and stuff like that. But they're going to be a team that you look around, if they're in most other divisions, they could be either leading or in second place, like really sitting pretty. But they're in the toughest division in baseball. It's not even close. I don't think it's really even close to any other division that the AL East is the toughest. Every team's good, especially like... You have to play them so many times, there's no easy games in the AL East. You're not playing uh, uh, Oakland A's 19-year, however many games this season. That's easy, 13-2, and two, like however many times. But I think they're going to be a team that definitely contends for a wild card, and maybe we see them sneak in the playoffs. You never know.
1: And Once you get to the playoffs, you get hot. I mean, you saw what happened in 2021. They snuck into the playoffs. Beat the Rays in the first round. Probably should have been the Astros in the ALCS. Mm-hmm. Probably gone to the World Series that year. And then who knows what would have happened. Then you were playing with house money. You got to the World Series. Maybe you win it. Who knows? Maybe you don't. But you you should have gotten there, and you almost did get there. But looking at this, mer- I was,
2: was going to that- say, Philly, Philly's last year, too, is a good example of that, of just playing you know right, right mm-hmm. above the line all season, and then just getting in the playoffs, and you never know what's going to happen. They find themselves in the World Series. So you just got to get in.
1: Very true. No, the Phillies are a great example because they played well. They got to the World Series. A lot of people, including myself, picked them to win, and they just they fell a little short. So, again, another that's a great example, Jake. It really is because, again, get hot at the right time. Maybe you propel yourself to a championship. Who knows? But with this Mariners series, obviously, I think they're going to win the next two games. I think they're going to go 2-1 and one in this series, which brings them to a weekend series with old friend Xander Bogarts and the San Diego Padres. They're in San Diego. A couple tough pitching matchups. So what do we see the results of this series being? I have a feeling I know what Jake's going to say, so we're going to save him for last. Powder. Overall, if you had to just pick a a series prediction for this Padre series, what would it be?
0: I'm looking at the pitching matchups real quick. I think they're definitely going to win the sale game. I think the... Kluber game is a... I think the Kluber and Paxton games are toss-up because Snell isn't really having a great year and Paxton, like you said, looked good in his one-star. So I think I think they're gonna... I think they're going 2-3. out there. I think that Kluber game, um, I think they might... I think that's the game they're gonna lose. I think they're gonna win the first two and then drop that last one because Kluber just isn't looking good right now. But in Waka, we had Walker last year. We know what he looks like especially when he's on a
1: roll. So I think two out of three. I think two out of three is fair too. I mean, who knows it could end up being like the blue Jays series where you just play. I don't want to say completely over your heads. Cause that's, they didn't play completely over their heads, yeah. but they have, a, the Red Sox have a good offense. And if they're starting pitching can give you quality starts and your bullpen can piece it together, then great. All right, Jake, give it to us. We we think we know where you're going, but uh, give us your reasoning.
2: Yeah, man, I'm going to sweep on this one. Um, no, I, I think, uh, obviously, uh, playing Xander again is, is going to be cool. Um, I wish it was in Boston, but we'll get that next year, probably. Um, I, you know, the Padres are, they they did that whole World Series celebration, basically, in, before spring training when they invited their fans out and were like, it was like the heat, basically, not one, not two, not three thing. And I think they're, what are they, like two games under 500? So,
0: yeah, they're um, the opposite yeah. of the Red Sox record.
2: Twenty and twenty two. Yeah. Um so I think uh they're they're more beatable than they look on paper. Um it'll it'll be a cool series. I don't look at them as like a powerhouse in the West like the Dodgers or or the or a powerhouse in NL like the Braves or the Dodgers. Um but they definitely have the makings of that and we'll see what happens over the course of the season. They definitely could they have the talent to get hot and, and just be world beaters. Um so we'll see. Um but yeah, this weekend I got sweep.
1: So two, two out of threes and a sweep from good old Jake Yazzie. We absolutely love it. All right. We are going to talk one small Pat's tidbit that Jake, I think you will like, I know you mentioned off air, not big into the, like not big Pat's guy, but I think you'll, I think you'll like this. So stick with us for a couple more minutes, but we do have an ad from a place, Jake, that you might have actually heard of A&B kitchen and bar and B burgers.
0: Classic Yep, right, Legends go ahead, Lingo. Potter. Give us that ad read.
1: Yeah, Legends Lingo
0: is graciously sponsored by AB Kitchen and Bar and B Burgers. AB Kitchen and Bar is located in Boston, Massachusetts, right across the street from the TD Garden. It's the best spot to meet up. Celtics are in the Eastern Conference Finals. You want to be in the atmosphere, whether you're going to one of the games or maybe they're on the road, but you want that Garden atmosphere. Go right across the street to AB Kitchen Bar. Have a great drink. Have great local food, whether it's fish and chips, whether it's meatloaf, whether it's burgers. Um, or if you're not in the Boston area, but you're in the North Shore area, go A&B Burgers in Beverly, Mass. Best burgers I've ever had. And make sure you tell them the Legends Lingo Boy sent you.
1: Shout out to our friends at A&B Kitchen Bar, A&B Kitchen, A&B Burgers. Just A&B Kitchen Bar, A&B Burgers. It's great. Great atmosphere. Great people. Better times. Jake, you should come down. We should all get a burger
2: hundred percent. Let me know when.
1: Oh, perfect. And now, now we got your contact info. So now, now, you know, we can make it happen. We'll, we'll make some things happen, which will be good for sure. But all right, just last little bit, quick Patriots tidbit. So the Patriots schedule came out for the regular season. I'm just going to kind of read it through really quick. I gave my prediction last week. So the Patriots season is as follows. They open up with the Philadelphia Eagles at home and then they play the Miami Dolphins at home. So they start off with back-to-back home games. They then travel to New York to take on Aaron Rodgers and the new look New York jets followed by a trip to Jerry land to play the Dallas Cowboys to start their October schedule. They are home against Derek Carr and the new look new Orleans saints. They are in Vegas again to take on the Las Vegas Raiders at home against the Buffalo bills. They are then on the road in Miami. They're getting it out of the way still early in the year ish, you know, October. Good. Get that game out of the way. They are home. Uh, I shouldn't say home. They are, Playing the Washington Commanders. Oh, no, they are. Sorry, they are at home against the Washington Commanders. The following week, they're in Germany playing the Indianapolis Colts. Then they have a bye week. Then they are at the New York Giants, home against the Los Angeles Chargers, playing Thursday night football against the Pittsburgh Steelers. By the way, I also should have mentioned Miami week two is a Sunday night game. I should have mentioned that, but oh, well, I dropped the ball on that one. After the Thursday night game, the Patriots play at home Monday night football against the Kansas City Chiefs followed by a Christmas Eve night matchup against the Denver Broncos in Denver. They then travel to Buffalo to take on the Buffalo Bills in a New Year's Eve matinee, and then they will play at home, wrap up the season against the New York Jets. It's a tough schedule. It's a fun schedule. So so I'll just ask this. Is there any game that kind of stands out to you as this is going to be a really good matchup to watch the Patriots be involved in. Cause there's a couple games that I really am looking forward to powder. Jake, any games that really stand out to you that you're really looking forward to watching as football season comes up in a couple months.
2: I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to just playing the jets and seeing Aaron Rodgers. Um, Obviously we've just shoved it down the jets throat for like 20, whatever years. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I mean, I think it's, it's always cool when you see franchise quarterbacks switch teams and, that's been a dynamic Pat's jets that everyone knows like which way that's going pretty much every time they play. But I mean, obviously both franchises look a little different than they have in the past. So um, it'll be cool to see that matchup. I think
1: by the way, are you a Mac guy or a zappy guy?
2: Uh, probably Mac, but I I honestly haven't watched enough to, to really give a legit opinion on it, but I'll go Mac.
1: That a boy. Good answer. We we knew we liked you. job. Good
0: job. All right, Powder. Um, obviously the Aaron Rodgers thing's a big thing, but um, I just you know what? I'll go Raiders. See if the Patriots can kind of revenge that absolute horror show of a loss from last year. So I'll go Raiders and see if they can get the better of Josh McDaniels this year.
1: I think they will. I truthfully think they will. I think the Patriots are better. I think there's a lot of dysfunction going on with the Raiders. And honestly, some of these other games, like the, the Germany game, I think is going to be a lot of fun. The Kansas City game at home on Monday Night Football, that'll be a treat. I I think Patrick Mahomes wipes the floor with us, but that's just my opinion. The Thursday night game against Pittsburgh is going to be a lot of fun. There are a lot of fun games on here that you're like, wow, these are going to be good, legitimate matchups. And the first 1 o'clock game is until week three. That does kind of suck. not going to lie. But real quick record, I gave it last week. Just if you had to pick a record 17 games for the Patriots, what would you give them? I gave them 10 and seven. I think they realistically can be 10 and seven because their defense is so good. They improve their special teams and the offense is going to look way better with Bill O'Brien at OC. That's just my opinion. Jake?
2: I'll go, I mean, the Pats, I won't put in the same sweep category. I'll I'll go nine and eight.
1: Wow, you you weren't gonna go seventeen and oh, I was I was waiting for it.
2: Yeah, I feel like seventeen and 0 joking around about that kind of with the Pats doesn't work because of obviously what happened. So
1: yeah. we'll just go
2: normal prediction nine and eight.
1: All right, that's it. No, that's a good prediction. That's that's I think that's that's if if things don't go right for them, that's still a safe record, and maybe they sneak into a playoff spot because they were eight and nine last year and almost made playoffs. That's that's a fair take,
0: Potter yeah i was gonna go nine and eight that was kind of i think they're gonna they're good but i think the afc east is just loaded so it's gonna be tough to get like like jake talked about with aaron Rodgers and everything like it's gonna be tough to get you had two easy wins on your schedule whenever you played the jets now they're not so much so it's gonna be there's six games right there that you can kind of toss up like they could sneak a win against the Bills. And I think Miami, they should be able to beat, but still, it's always a tough game down in Miami. So yeah, it's tough. It's going to be six games that you're really going to have to battle. And that already puts you, if you go two and four, that's already four losses right there. And that's not counting the Chiefs, some of the
1: other teams the Patriots are playing. So I'm going to go nine and eight. You see, I don't buy like the Dolphins. I don't. I think the Dolphins are talented, but I think. Who is a huge question mark going forward, especially with all this concussion history and everything. Like, yeah, they have Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, they have some good weapons, but I just there's something about Miami that just doesn't scare me as much as they did the last couple of years coming into this year. But maybe it's the, the Patriots optimism in me. I don't know. <clears throat> we'll see. But pretty good vibes episode this week. Mm-hmm. Again, Celtics are in the Eastern Conference Finals. Bruins, they still exist. The Red Sox, you know, they're playing baseball. I'm playing some pretty good baseball for the most part, and the Patriots schedule is out and hopefully we'll be above 500. Jake, you want to shout out your socials and where people can find you and everything?
2: Yeah. Um, just name redacted pod on Twitter, baseball is dead on Twitter. I'm at uh, Jake, I think it's Jake underscore Yazzie. Um, but yeah, no, that's it.
1: Absolutely love that. As always, make sure to rate and subscribe to the Legends Legal Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, everywhere where you can get your podcasts. Again, check out studentunionsports.com. Check out everything that's going on there. For Jake Yazzie, Tom Powder Cadmus, I'm your host, Alan Lehegan. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week for episode 223.
0: Yes, sir.